0: first time I saw that video, he, when, when that walk, woman walked in the room at the end and said, Peter, it's empty, just struck my heart, touched my heart. As many of you know, I, uh, I like to bring history into my message. Uh, sometimes I bring in American history, especially when I talk about the greatest era of music, the 1980s. Huh? I got one amen out of that. (laughs) Huh. Well, today I want to bring some more history uh, to some of maybe the younger generation. I know some of our students are in here, but you may not have known this, but my generation, when I was a child, we had the original iPad. Huh? I want to show you some... some (laughs) Anybody recognize this? Now, this is high tech. This is, this is on the front end of technology. But, but this does make a big point for us today. Because, see, I, I don't have time to do it. I took a picture of one I just did real quick the other day. Wasn't much to it. Those of you who have played with this before know how easy that was for me. Yeah, right. I actually sat down and tried to do that. I got about two lines into that cabin down in the corner and went, forget it. Let me try again. <laughs> oh, you see, oh, y'all didn't know this. Our students may not know this. Hey, but you can start drawing. You turn these knobs and it makes lines. I don't know if you can see that or not. But, and you can turn them both at the same time and they can go all over the place. It's really high-tech stuff. Hey, but when you mess up, mom and dad's, what do you have to do? Turn it upside down and shake it. And it's clean again. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Let's love it. Uh, that makes a great point for us today. We're gonna look at a passage of scripture. We're gonna finish up Mark chapter 16 today. This series in Mark. Hey, and we're gonna look at a person in this passage today that was given an opportunity to do this, start over. Today we're going to talk about second chances, being able to turn it over, erase, and start fresh. As I've been preparing for this uh, this, uh, message today for quite some time, I came across a story of a of a young lady named Christina. Her and her mother lived in the outskirts of a little village in Brazil. Maria was the mom's name. Maria's husband died when Christina was still an infant. She decided to go against the trend in remarrying and being in a family. She raised Christina as a single mom. Some 15 or so years later, she had made it through most of the teenage years with a, with a daughter and a daughter who was very lively. She was, uh, all the young men were chasing after her, but she had a lot of her mom's spirit in her and she was kind of leave me alone, rebellious, but she was the life of the party. When she walked in the room, it was full of energy and uh, she always dreamed, Christina, the daughter, she always dreamed of going to the big city and experiencing the big city And her mom, it terrified her mom because her mom knew what was there. And she knew what a young single woman might have to do in order to survive. So sure enough, on the day when her mom went into Christina's room and the bed was made, in fact it wasn't slept in, she knew exactly where Christina had gone. Her mom knew exactly what she needed to do. She packed her bags and she gathered some as much money as she could and she went down to the train station to catch a train to Rio de Janeiro. But before she got on the train, she went into the drugstore and she went into one of the photo booths and she spent as much as she could on making pictures of herself. And on the train ride from this village to Rio, she cut the pictures up, and on the back of each one of her pictures, she wrote a note. When she got to Rio, she went to the places where she figured that young ladies would probably end up who were trying to survive on the, the cruel, brutal streets of the city. She started going to clubs. She started going to, to, to shelters, to, to hotels, wherever. And she began to tape up pictures of herself, this mom did, on mirrors in the women's bathroom. She went all over the area until she ran out of pictures and she ran out of money. She got back on the train and went back home, crying and praying for her daughter. A couple of weeks later, Christina was coming down the stairs of a hotel. Her face was long, it was sad, it was tired. Weary. And what she had always dreamed of the big city being, it ended up being the polar opposite. And she's walking down the stairs, and she catches in the corner of her eye a picture that she recognized. Hanging on a mirror in a hotel lobby. And she went over, and she grabbed the picture, and she took it off. And recognized that it was her mom, she turned it over and read a message that says, It doesn't matter what you've become. It doesn't... (laughs) It doesn't matter what you've done. Please come home. Today we're talking about second chances. And friends, an empty tomb should remind every one of us of hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Who stands at home with open arms saying to me and saying to you, it doesn't matter what you've become. It doesn't matter what you've done. Please come home. Come home. Today's passage is found in Mark chapter 6, 16. So if you'll turn there with me. We're going to look at a a guy who had made a mistake that was big enough that he thought there's no way he could ever be forgiven for his mistakes. He he probably thought that his friends would never forgive him. He was probably pretty sure, and I'm making a guess here, that he could probably never forgive himself. And I wonder if there's someone sitting in this room today or watching online that would look at your own life. And you might say, there's no way God could forgive me of what I've done. There's no way my family or my friends could forgive me for what I've done. I don't think there's any way I could forgive myself for what I've done. I mean, Peter, Peter made some decisions some three days prior where he put, hey, he put distance between him and Jesus. Jesus. While Jesus was on trial, he had been arrested, and, and, and he was going through some mockery of a trial. I mean, it was, it was a loaded trial anyway. And, and, G, and Peter's out in the courtyard, and someone comes and says, hey, I think you're one of his crew. You're one of his disciples. And what does he do? He says, uh, no, that was, I, don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that guy. Peter puts some distance in between him and Jesus. A little bit later, someone else asks him again. I think you're one of Jesus' followers. That ain't me. More distance. Distance, it happens three times. Peter makes these choices. He makes these decisions that put distance between him and Jesus. I'm just guessing there's at least one person in this crowd this size that's done the same thing. And today I want to give you some words of hope. If you're able... Will you stand with me as I read Mark chapter 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Siloam, bought spices so they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away, roll away the stone for us for From the entrance of the tomb, and looking up, they saw the stone had been rolled rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were were alarmed. And he said to them, "Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here." See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples, check it out, and Peter, that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said, to, said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Lord, we ask that today you would bless your word, you would bring it alive to us, that we would, we would see something new and fresh, that we would be reminded that you are a God of second chances, and today is a day of renewal. And that is because you are alive. I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, these two words, and Peter. Now you can see why this video that I showed just a minute ago, when that door opens at the very end, and she says, Peter, it's empty. I'm telling you, the video just grabbed me, and then there's these two words, and Peter. Why did he pull Peter out by himself? He said, go tell the disciples, and Peter. These two words, I hope, will give us hope. I hope that they will bring joy to your heart. Now today, this message is for for those who have never trusted in Jesus. You might be here because someone invited you. I don't know why you're here. I don't know what went on this last weekend. I don't know what went on in the last year of your life, the last decade. I don't know why you're here. But you're here. And I believe God has a word for you today. And just maybe, those two words, and Peter, will stick. And you'll be reminded of the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Christian, maybe you're here today. And these two words, and Peter, Peter was a follower of Jesus. And he fumbled the ball, man. He dropped it. He messed up and he put distance between himself and Jesus. And Christian, maybe you're here today and you've made choices in your life and you've put distance between you and Jesus. And today is a day of hope and a day of reminder for you that God is a God of second chances. Oh, scripture's full of stories. Come on, we know it. Moses, right? Moses went, he was a murderer. And what did God use him to do? To deliver people from slavery to freedom. David, he was an adulterer, and God used him as one of the greatest kings in their history. Jonah, you talk about someone that was trying to put distance between him and God. Jonah ran as fast as he could away from what God had for him. Didn't work out so well for him. But listen, God ended up using Jonah to lead one of the greatest revivals in history. and Peter. turned his back on Christ, put distance between him and Christ over and over, and God ended up using him. He said, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter, man. Uh, Hey, you're going to be one of the leaders of the early church. Hey, go read Acts chapter 2. Thousands of people came to know the Lord. Because Peter was willing to take, out, take a step and, and go. I wonder what God has for you today. And I'm talking about the person that's here today that in the quietness of your heart in this moment you would say, Joel, I'm, I'm that guy, man. I've, put, I've made choices and I've put distance between Jesus and me. Hey, I wonder what God has for you. I wonder what big thing he has for you to do. There are a few things that I want to point out that I hope that you'll hear loud and clear today as we remember these two words and Peter. First thing I hope you'll hear is that a second chance is possible. It's possible. It's not impossible. Though you may have convinced yourself that there's no way God could ever forgive me of those things that I've done, I just need you to know it's possible. God has a history of giving second chances, but I need, I need to be honest with you. i got to tell you straight up, second chances aren't automatic. Luke tells us in chapter 22, verse 62, that, that after he had denied that, he went out and wept bitterly. Peter wept over what he had done. He was broken over the things that he had done that put distance between him and Jesus. See, second chances are available. I mean, it's possible. But it's not automatic. I wonder today, are you broken? Are you broken over the sin that has put distance between you and Jesus? Is your heart crushed over that? Or is it a, eh, I'll come back some other day. I'll come check in on Jesus some other day. For those of you who think that a second chance is not possible for you, I just need to remind you that your failures don't make, your mistakes don't make you a failure. They don't. Your mistakes make you a great candidate for second chance. But that starts with being broken over what's, what's been going on. It starts with... Turning away from those and turning towards God. The churchy word for that is repentance. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to, hey, listen, are you ready for today to be one of these days? You've drawn a picture on your etch a sketch and it is a bad picture. Can I just tell you today? Today's the day you hand the etch a sketch to Jesus. Here's my drawing and it's bad. It's really bad. Will you hand it over to him and allow him to? And to receive you into his welcoming arms and say, let's try this again. Now, Now, this time I need you to follow me, man. Follow me, girl, wherever you're going. You follow me. Stop trying to live your way. Stop trying to live on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge me, and I'll make your path straight. Give it to me. Give me your life. Is today the, the day you're ready to hand it over? To hand your life over. With, with, hey, it's a mess, Jesus. I've blown it over and over. Here it is. And I need forgiveness. And allow Jesus to clean the slate. And Peter. The tomb was empty, and the the angel in the tomb said, hey, may you make sure you go tell the disciples and Peter. Not only is it possible, but it's available to you today. It's available. Christian, I need you to hear me for just a second. Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 3, speaking, About his followers, he says to him, that's me and you. The gatekeeper, that's Jesus. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Aren't you thankful that Jesus knows you by name? Christian, you might be here today, and you've put distance You've been making choices, and you know it. And today's the day that maybe even in this moment you sense the Spirit of God calling you by name, saying, come home. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've become. Come home. Come home. I pray that the empty grave reminds you of the hope that we have in Jesus. I hope that the two words will stick with you and Peter. I wonder why he made it a point to pick, out, to pick out Peter. Maybe it's because the angel was privy to the knowledge of what Peter would become. That God had great things in store. I don't know that this angel knew that. But God did have great things for him. And may I suggest today to you that God has big things in store for you. He has things that he set aside from long ago. When he made you a new creation, a masterpiece of his, he set aside things for you to do. And today's the day, man. Let's allow Jesus to wipe us clean. And let's allow him to begin drawing that picture of leading us in his ways. It's not only possible. It's not only available. But it's available to you. Now, it's available to those who are already followers who need to Come back home, but it's available to those who have never trusted in Jesus as well. Those who have never given their life to Him. Second chance. Maybe today. I mean, we've been singing about it all morning. The the song that we sang just a few minutes ago, this is totally not in my notes, but it's an interesting story. The remember the the Johnny Cass song from last week? All right, There Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold Me Down. I heard the story behind that song. It's written in 1937 by an 11-year-old boy who had been diagnosed with tuberculosis. Back in that day, that was not a good diagnosis. His parents had bought him a guitar. He started singing the gospel song. He grew up in church, started singing the gospel songs that he had learned from his childhood. And then one night, Those words came to him. There ain't no grave going to hold me down. And that's sweet. Went on to become a gospel preacher. Lord healed him. I'm so glad he knows us by name. I'm so glad he saves us. He died on the cross and rose from the grave. He died so that we may have life. I'm so thankful for that. Are you? And today he offers second chances. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus, I just got to tell you bad news before I tell you the good news, so hold on with me. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. What we earn when we sin, it's called hell. I don't know how to get around that. I don't know how to soften that. I don't know how to make that lighter. In fact, I think I would be doing wrong if I tried to. Folks, it is a brutal reality that apart from Jesus, we're destined for hell. Eternal condemnation. But, Ephesians 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a free gift that's available to every person every person that's listening online it's a free gift (coughs) excuse me will you come today to Jesus with your echo sketch of a life, your picture and just admit to him here it is, it's a mess I'm giving you my life and I'm asking for forgiveness the Bible says that if we're If we will confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Will you come today and trust him? Will you give him your life? Ask him to come and and put his spirit inside of you. I'm talking about God Almighty, the holy God of, of all. For him to put his spirit in you, in me, little piece of junk that I am that God Almighty would deposit his spirit in me and he'll do it for you and give you purpose and give you life. Will you do that today? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've become. Please come home. Come to Jesus today. My last thing that I want to point out is that This second chance that God offers you is private. That's between you and him. It tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5. Paul writes, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. Check this out. And that he appeared to Cephas, Peter, and then to the twelve. The Bible doesn't tell us anything about that meeting between Jesus and Peter. We don't know the content of that conversation. It's private. And your meeting with Jesus today is private. It's between you and him. There are things on your Etch-a-Sketch pad, Etch-a-Sketch, that's between you and him. But take it all to him. Don't hold things back. You take him the whole picture. I'm guessing that things that needed to be said were said when Jesus met with Peter. It was private. But Christian and everyone else, listen. Though our meetings with Jesus are private, our relationship with him was meant to be lived out publicly. Jesus said it to his disciples very clearly. He said, let your light shine before all men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Man, what what we talk about me and Jesus is between me and him. But the result of that is lived out in front of everybody else. Have you trusted Jesus? Oh, I hope you'll remember those words and Peter. You can always come to Jesus. He's always compassionate. The scary part for me is that there are some in the room right now that they can sense that the Spirit of God is not touching nudging, tugging on your heart. You know it. And you're willing to sit there and blow it off. That scares me. That we can sense God's presence, that that the kingdom of God is near, and we're willing to go, nah, nah. Friends, don't do that. It's a dangerous place. If God is tugging on your heart today, respond. Respond. The question that I've asked throughout this series is, what what are you going to make of this passage? That's not the biggest question. The biggest question is, what is this passage going to make of you? What are you going to do with it? What is the mark on you out of this passage? The empty tomb cries out to me and to you. Second chances are possible. Second chances are available to you and I now. And Your second chance starts in your heart. It starts in here. Peter's second chance was good for him. We, we see throughout the New Testament the great things that he did. Not only was it good for him, but it will be good for me and you. It'll be good for you. It won't always be easy, but it'll be good for you. Will you follow Peter's example today? Go meet with Jesus. In the moment, our praise team is going to come and lead us in a time of response. I want to ask you to do something. In front of you, there's a white card on a chair. Or if you're on the front row, it's beside you. If God has moved in your heart today and you've made a decision, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want want you to write that decision down on that card. When we stand in a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to bring that card up here and put it in my hand. I don't have to say anything, but I'm going to tell you something. There's something solidifying about when we put action into something we've done in here. You don't don't have to say a word to me. You can just come put it in my hand. But I want to celebrate with you. I want to see you free. I want to see you come home. It doesn't matter what you've become and it doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus is always compassionate and he'll always welcome you. Hey, you remember the story of the prodigal son? Huh? Second chances, man. That son said, let me have my inheritance. Off he went. He squandered it. He finds himself sitting, lying down in a pigsty eating junk and finally realizes the servants in my dad's house are doing better than I am so he goes on starts on his way home he's on his way his dad just like he does every morning is on the balcony drinking his cup of Folgers and (laughs) he sees his son coming and what does the dad do he sits down in his chair And he says, well, he better come up here and grovel, and he better, well, he better, no, no, no. What does he do? Man, he runs straight to him and says, welcome home. Let's throw a feast. Let's throw a party. And I'm just telling somebody here today, that's exactly what Jesus wants to do in your life today. Will you come running home? He will welcome you. He will welcome you. Christian, today, you go to Jesus and you hand him the Etch-a-Sketch. Let's get off the bench and let's get back in the game and live for Jesus. I don't care what your friends are going to say Monday at work. It doesn't matter what they're going to they're bring up. Oh, you tried to walk on water once, didn't you, Peter? And you failed. Oh, Peter, you, you, you denied Jesus and You failed. And Christian, today, you may be thinking right now, I know God wants me to do that, but what will my coworkers say? What will my friends say when I turn my life towards Jesus and live his way? They may bring up all my past mistakes. Listen, friend, you follow Peter's example and you press through that, and you live for him because God has great things for you. God may want to turn this city, this state, this country and world upside down through you. will you come to him today I'm going to ask us all to take just a moment and be quiet and let's let God have the last word you and him maybe this is your private meeting if you need to say things you say what needs to be said And ask our praise team to make their way up as, as we take just a few moments to be quiet. Father, in these moments, I pray that uh, you would would overwhelm every one of us in this room. There are some in this room that know you. You know them by name. You call them out and they follow you. Pray that, that those are ones that would be constantly coming to you handing you their Etch-A-Sketch and asking you to forgive. And every day would be a new day that we follow you. Lord, I praise you for those that are following you like that. But I want to lift up other Christians. That Lord, today might be a day that it's been a long time. And today is the day they need to take all those pictures that have been drawn on the, on the, in the content of their heart the decisions that they've made that has put distance between you and him. Lord, their position in your family hasn't changed. They're still one of your children, but their proximity to you has. And today, oh, Lord, today I pray that they would come to you. Father, for those that are here that have never trusted you with their life, in this moment, I'm asking you to draw them unto yourself. That they would realize they've got a picture drawn, their life picture is, is a mess. And today that they would come to you and seek forgiveness. That they would be broken over what's what is, how it's turned out. And Lord, today they would experience your love, your compassion, your grace. They would be overwhelmed by that, Lord. The empty tomb, you defeating death, reminds us of that. And Lord, today, in this moment right now, they might say to you in the quietness of this private conversation, Jesus, I've sinned, and I've sinned a lot, and I need your forgiveness. I deserve punishment. But today I understand that you died on the cross and you took my punishment. Will you please forgive me? Thank you for loving me like that. Jesus, I want to live for you. I I, want to give my life to you. Will you come and place your spirit inside my heart? I trust you to be my Savior. Friend, if that's you today. I want you to reach up right now, grab that card, write it down. I trusted Jesus as my Savior today. When we stand and sing in a minute, I'm just going to ask you to walk up here, hand it to me, go right back to your seat. Christian, if you made a decision to to kind of recommit to, to start over today, I want you to write it down. There's just something solidifying about putting motion, putting activity to what God's doing in our heart. Lord, we give you this time of of response. We give you this time of worship. Be pleased with it, I pray, in Jesus' name.